connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, good morning, everyone, if you are on the West Coast. And good afternoon, everyone, if you are on the East Coast. I'm Patricia Raskin, and we're right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. And today we're talking about two things, actually. We're talking to a woman who has reinvented herself in midlife or later life and has become a best-selling author. And we're also talking about the incredible novels that she has written as a best-selling author. So my guest today is and she's terrific, is Darlene Quinn. Darlene Quinn has been a teacher, self-improvement coach, modeling instructor, and consultant for department stores and hospitals before ending her career as senior executive with Bullocksville Share Department Store Chain. But for, for Darlene Quinn, retiring and sitting in a rocking chair on the front porch with a cup of tea was not what she had in mind. She decided to develop her childhood interest in storytelling and became an award-winning novelist. And so there are two things we're going to talk about today. At the age of 73, she has just released the sequel to her first best-selling book, Webs of Power, and now her sequel is Twisted Webs. And her message is very simple. It is never too late to reinvent yourself and go back to the drawing board of your dreams. And so we're going to talk about that in terms of picking up a passion you may have had long ago that you may not have been able to materialize at certain ages of your life. And we're also going to talk about the incredible kind of sizzly content that are in these novels. Welcome very much, Darlene. It's a pleasure to be here, Patricia. Yeah. Let's first talk about, before we get into the novels, how I I know in reading and, and looking at your material, you started this a long time ago, hobby in a way, in that you wrote articles for journals and newspapers. But how did you, you know, then say, look, I'm giving up this career, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this sort of hobby avocation and turn it into a vocation? Well, actually, when I actually resigned from Bullock's Wilshire, uh, I hadn't thought about that at the time. You know, it was at that time uh, you think about all the things that you could do if you didn't have to go to work every day. Yeah. And, you know, after cleaning out the closets, that kind of didn't inspire me too much and travel and everything else. And I had these stories going around in my mind. And the background of all of my novels is the retail industry the disappearance of all the department stores and that kind of thing. But I never like to be confined to facts when it comes to a real story. I write the kind of things that I like to read 
which are fast-moving uh, fiction where I think I get smarter about things I've heard and read about. And would, I think would you so say things. that you're in the novels, I mean, because you had so many varying jobs, as you said, a teacher, coach, modeling instructor, consultant for department stores, hospitals, being a senior executive for a department store chain. Is that woven into the novel? Oh, absolutely. You write what you know. Um, and I think as far as doing different things with your life, at one point in my life, midlife, well, not even quite midlife, I had to change my direction. Uh, I had a daughter who was severely deaf, Mm -hmm. and I was a school teacher at the time, taught in the public school system. I did have my own modeling and fashion classes that I ran through a department store as a private contractor, but I found out that my one-year-old was severely deaf. Mm -hmm. So I had to either... uh, quit work or go back full time. So I really didn't have a choice. I resigned from that. And then a few years later, when my daughter was ready to go into school, um, and I was a single mother at that time, I needed to go back as a need, not just a passion, but a need. And as much as I loved everything I'd been doing, I loved teaching school. But I really didn't want to be confined to those four walls. Mm-hmm. So I, I put together this very checkered resume that you've sort of outlined to your listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was sort of like being all dressed up with nowhere to go. Mm. And I ended up doing something quite brilliant, not because I was brilliant, but because I sensed that if I put this resume together and I sent it to a personnel department... I would get a very nice letter saying if something comes up to suit these unusual skills that you have, we'll give mm-hmm. you a call. But I didn't do that. Instead, I, did, uh, I went to this employment agency, and they said, well, you had classes through this department store group. Why don't you apply there? Mm-hmm. So, I, I, again, I thought of the personnel department, thought, eh, that's not going to work. So I called and found out who was the CEO, and I didn't even know, at that time, I didn't even know what a CEO was. I just, who was the head of the Bullock's department stores. I sent my resume to the CEO. Mm-hmm. I was later hired as corporate training director, and then I was promoted uh, to the management team reporting right, so directly. Let, let's to- go back now. Let's go back so that our listeners can get this. What you did is you sent your resume to the CEO. Now, do you think, Darlene, that that would have worked in today's world? Absolutely. And the only reason I was going to where I ended up is I ended up reporting to the president of the specialty store group. But usually, wouldn't the CEO today take that resume and then not maybe look at it, but then hand it down to the person who's hiring? Absolutely. That CEO or the president of the company is not going to call you in for an interview. What he is going to do is say to his personnel person, take care of this. That usually at least assures you that you will be called and given some consideration. A lot of other things happen as far as timing and being ready to assume some certain things. Well, but don't you think you also have to have the goods? I mean, literally, you have to 
uh, have the credentials, even if you sent it to the CEO and the CEO sent it to someone else, if that person doesn't, uh, you know, it looks at your resume and doesn't think you have the qualifications, they won't bring you in, correct? Oh, absolutely. That is, that's why I said that timing is also a critical thing, yeah. and you have to have the skills to do whatever job that this person is calling you mm-hmm. to do. I had some unusual skills, and the timing happened to be right. It happened that in re- in the world of retail, uh, department store managers are high uh, are promoted into that their jobs because of their merchandising skills. However, they are supervising a group of sales associates, associates, many of which who have been doing their job since this new department store was manager was in diapers. So it was that kind of skills that they were looking for was someone that could teach their department managers how to manage. And since I had done some uh, programs with hospital executives, public relations, uh, types of things, and managing skills, it fit. And the timing was it so happened that their corporate training director was leaving. So there's a lot of things that happen. But as far as would it work to send to the top, yes, but not if you don't have the skills to take jobs that might be available. Also a good person to talk to is secretaries and assistants. Uh, one of the things I would say for anyone in terms of reinventing yourself or trying new things, I, I think there's a lot of things that we can do. Mm-hmm. But number one is follow that passion of yours. Yeah. Check out your talents and skills, and those are very intertwined. You are usually passionate about those things that we do well in. And, or if we have a passion for something, we develop skills. And the other key ingredient is networking. And it's so available to us today. There are so many people out there to help us, that are willing to help us, that love to help us. And uh, I think that is very critical. Uh, what is happening, you, if you, as human beings, I, I talked to a male host a month or so ago when I and I made a statement that sometimes women are not very good at asking for help mm-hmm. and he said hey men aren't any better and i think the truth is as human beings sometimes we are very reluctant to ask for help and yet we love helping people most if i talk to a room of 100 people and just to check out how many people enjoy being able to help someone else. Overwhelmingly, we all do. But so many times, we don't give people the opportunity to help us. Well, I I think that's true, and I think what you're saying there is that we need to develop a team of people who are there to support us. Absolutely. And that's not always easy to do. How do you bring that concept in to your novel in terms of people working together? I mean, this is kind of a Melrose Place, in a way, kind of um, drama. 
and it's set in an unforgiving environment of the corporate playground. So it's raw and unsentimental. There's greed and manipulation, and, you know, relationships are set in uh, an excessive, uh, insatiable retail industry that happened very much in the 1980s. But there are three dynamic and determined women who find courage to reshape their lives. So is that where the team comes in? Uh, Absolutely. I I wasn't knowingly putting in any themes, but as authors tend to do, your own thinking goes into this. I thought when I wrote Webs of Power, I thought I was writing about the most greedy, predatory times in our history. Hmm. That was a time of the leverage buyouts and the takeover of all the uh, our department stores yes. and those local, uh, our regional stores where that we had allegiance to began to disappear, or now they all say Macy's. Uh, but as you and your listeners know, I was trumped in terms of the economy. I didn't actually get the greediest time that was there. I write about strong people that my... The, People that I write about, even though I write character-driven novels, the background of my novels is absolutely authentic. Um, Webs of Power parallels the takeover of the Federated Department stores and the selling off of the West Coast to Macy's. All right, we're uh, going to have to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about that. We're going to talk about webs of power. And what I want to talk about next, Darlene, is, you know, in the novel, you talk about power in these three women. I mean, these three women who really uh, are determined and dynamic and have the courage to reshape their lives in the, faces of, in the face of crises and twists of fate, and, you know, we can relate to that today. But what I want to talk about next is power and how we can transform that into positive power that helps us. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Stay tuned, folks, and you can log on to darlenequinn.net. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to get freed up? Join Dr. Jennifer Freed, one of America's leading psychological thinkers, for a groundbreaking program with fascinating guests and full participation from you. Freed Up will explore topics like liberation in long-term relationships, parenting in the 21st century, comfort in stressful times, and much more. Tune in to Freed Up every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and wake up to the heartbeat of your life. Wielding power, shaping environments and outcomes, and making things happen are all essential characteristics of great leaders. Yet these qualities alone are not enough to ensure your success. In a complex world, how do you decide what's most important to you? In your career, your relationships, your finances, your family, in the world around you, in the whole of your life at large. Dr. Joseph Riggio, the host of Leadership Intuition, says that personal leadership, the desire to take charge of your life, is the key to creating futures that work and building a life worth living. 
Join Joseph as he reveals the power of uncovering and living your own personal mythology, the key to personal transformation, exquisite performance, and social influence. Learn to look inside and discover your personal mythology and unique leadership style. Go beyond conventional advice and discover your unique success blueprint on leadership intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership intuitions, power, achievement, relationships. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. And we're talking to Darlene Quinn, who's pretty amazing. She is a best-selling novelist. But I think what's more um, noteworthy is she invented herself, reinvented herself after a really successful career in retail and as a teacher and modeling instructor and self-improvement coach and became an author. And at 73, she has a best-selling book and a new book that's just come out. And these are novels. And her book is Webs of Power. That is her newest book. And um, her first book... What was your first book, Darlene? Webs of Power was my first book. Twisted Webs is the one that came out this September. Right. And Webs of Fate will come out in October. Oh, how exciting. And I'm looking at this book right now, Twisted Webs. I have it right in front of me. And so we're talking about reinventing ourselves, you know, when we're a little bit older. And before I get to that, I want to go back to these characters, because in Webs of Power, you have three dynamic and determined women. It's kind of like a Melrose place who find the courage to reshape their lives, you know, with a lot of crisis. Talk talk about the power that these women gain and how they turn it around in a positive way. Well, I think all of us, attitude makes a great difference in whatever we do. Yes. And I am not a very good person to talk to in terms of depression, because I have an experience, I know it's true, I know that that exists, that people get depressed, but I always try to, uh, if things are, I, I went through a period of time when I found out my baby was deaf, I had to quit teaching, I separated from my husband. Uh, as long as you have to have three negatives, it's nice to just get them all over at once. Mm. So... Uh, what I tend to do, uh, I get frustrated, I can get angry, but it tends to propel me into yes. a lot of motion. Well, and you and, know, I want to say something else, you know, in talking about your child who was deaf. Think about it, Darlene. If that did not happen in your life, do you think you'd be a novelist today? Probably not. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of things contribute to the directions you go. I may have stayed in teaching. I may have been a lifetime teacher, 
sometimes the things that we think that are really negatives in uh, our lives open other doors for yes. us. Yes. And I think that's what happened to me. Yeah. Which is very positive. So let's look at the, let's talk about these women. I, my women uh, are all in webs of power. What is happening there is there is a, uh, an upheaval, a, a corporate takeover that affects all of their lives. But personally, they have other things going for them. One of my women finds that she is pregnant at the age of 41 in a, uh, a life that was never to have had children in an agreement. Another one uh, is uh, after power and money, Mostly power, and yet uh, this is a woman in my book that people love to hate, and yet they find that they cannot because she is a strong woman and she has a certain vulnerability. In fact, my role model for this particular one I had breakfast with uh, this last week, which was sort of fun. Uh, In Twisted Webs, my main character... And I was able to explore a lot of different emotions and things that I went through in Twisted Webs. One Mm -hmm. of my main uh, characters delivers twins. Mm -hmm. One of those twins is abducted. Mm -hmm. You start out with the kidnapper. He is a good man, a religious man, who out of love and desperation has committed this heinous crime. Mm In this book, I am able to deal with a a mother who has lost a child and with something that hit me very strongly uh, in my career. I was sent out to different groups to talk to different groups while I was corporate training director for the Bullock's department stores before I went on to uh, Bullock's Wilshire. And I was in this one group... For the life of me, I cannot think why I was sent to this group, but it was called Mothers of Murdered Children. And in working with this group, I saw that these people were so intent on finding revenge, lost child. They wore great big buttons with the child's picture on it. But there were other children that they had that got none of their attention. So what I really was able to work with in this one, my main character, Ashley, who has lost one of her twins, is determined that that one twin that she has at this time is not going to feel that she is not enough. And so she is dealing with the loss of one of her children, but still giving to the other child. Uh, I also deal, I have an adopted son, and there is also an adopted child in there, and I was able to go through those in terms of sometimes feeling that biological birth might be overrated and being able to deal with those feelings. But my women are strong. They are not going to let adversity get to them. We also have the mother that is raising the kidnapped child. She does how, not. How do you relate the kidnapped child to your own life? The kidnapped child. 
I well, I have not had a kidnapped child, but I do know in terms of dealing with children that they have to feel important that they are important themselves. Uh, the loss of a child is probably having a child kidnapped is probably the worst nightmare that a mother can have, and if she allows herself to dwell on that, the other parts of her life will deteriorate. And I think it's important to give to those parts uh, the people in your life that you have instead of focusing on what you don't have. How do you feel that the women in your novel, um, Twisted Webs, how do you feel that they did that? Um, Well, my main character is very positive, she wants that child back, of course. The adoptive mother is not aware. The adoptive mother, uh, well, we start out in Twisted Web with the kidnap. We know who he is. We know why he kidnapped the child. His wife has lost her last chance of having a child. They have had failed adoptions. He is afraid he's losing his wife through her feelings of, uh, lack of worth and that she's turning into her own mother who is institutionalized. Mm. The mother of this child is unaware that the child was kidnapped. She believes that this is a child that was given to them from an unwed mother who wanted a better life for her child and that they are raising this child, which was actually her husband's original intention. He had made a connection with an unwed mother, he, uh, and he was going to pick up the child. When he got to the hospital, that child was gone. And so he t- saw that there were twins, and he rationalized at least this woman had one child left. Not a good rationalization, but that was his rationalization. Darlene, what would you say is... Um the message of this book, if we were to look at it from a positive standpoint. I mean, Twisted Webs, the word twisted doesn't always sound positive, but uh, it's the sequel to The Webs of Power. And what would, you, what would you want your readers to walk away with it in terms of hope? I would say, you know, it's sort of the, do you look at the glass as half full or half empty? I would say looking at the positive, looking at what you have in your life. Now, this is the sequel to Webs of Power. It is a standalone sequel. Uh, the background of Webs of Power is the takeover of a big conglomerate of stores where they sold off the West Coast and ran the rest into bank- bankruptcy. Mm. Twisted Webs' background following that is getting these stores out of bankruptcy and taking over the the Macy's-type stores that were taken from them to begin with. But the story elements, I never let the facts get in the way of a good story. Uh, My background, just like if you set a novel in World War II, everything that happened in World War II would be authentic. Mm -hmm. However, the fictional lives of my characters... I draw from different human emotions. Right. Um, the professional lives of my characters very much parallel the real life 
parallel. So let me ask you, do they do they pull the company out of bankruptcy? Yes. And how do they do that? Uh, they uh, pull the, well, many of the companies that we have seen go down, you know, you see, oh, my God, a company has gone into bankruptcy. Well, that isn't the end of the line. What To come out of bankruptcy, what... Uh, Hap- well, what happens in the background is what actually happened with Federated Department Stores, and that is they believed in this man. They brought him back to take the company out of bankruptcy. Now, when you're in bankruptcy, if they believe that this man was so strong a merchant that they creditors believed that they would get better return on their money by becoming investors rather than taking so many cents for the dollar. You know, it is a typical way of coming out of bankruptcy, but it was in cutting expense. There were a lot of different things that were done to bring this company out of bankruptcy. The one thing that you ha- I found that you have to do in fiction is you have to make it believable. And in Webs of Power, my most unbelievable character is a man who had three nervous breakdowns, liposuction, a facelift, mm-hmm. a hair transplant. He filled his pool with mineral water. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to make him believable, I did not give him a wife and family in one city and a mistress and family in another. Mm-hmm. All true of the man who fell in love with Bloomingdale's department stores, Interesting. went after all of federated department stores, mm-hmm sold off the West Coast to Macy's, and ran the rest into bankruptcy. And so this was based on that man? This, Well, the background of that, he is a part of the, the story. It, is, uh, it was it's based on the takeover of, of uh, Federated Department stores and the selling off of Macy's. Interesting. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Darlene Quinn Moore. And this time we're going to switch a little bit, switch it up, and talk about, you know, doing your passion later in life and also reinventing yourself. You are listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. Write to me, Patricia, at PatriciaRaskin.com. I would certainly love to hear from you, and I'll put you on my newsletter list. And you can write to Darlene by going on to Darlene Quinn. All right, folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are, or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. 
On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have a nationally known guest that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on voiceamerica.com. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading Conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here. Right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. All right, we have a very interesting guest. My guest is Darlene Quinn, and she's had such an amazing career. And uh, as sort of an encore in reinventing herself, she now is a best-selling author at the age of 73. Um, Her book is Twists of Power, Webs of Power, and now she just released the sequel, Twisted Web, Twisted Webs. Her message to others is simple. It's never too late to reinvent yourself and go back to the drawing board on the dreams that coerced you to ignore when your responsibilities did outweigh your ambitions. But now, now it's never too late. So let's talk about some tips, Darlene, for people, um, no matter what age you are, to reinvent yourself. Well, as I mentioned before, I would say follow your passion. That's where you're going to, you know, do your best. You will have skills along those ways and the networking. The networking is so possible for us today. It's not just one-on-one. It's also with all the social networks. And so many times, you know, you kind of explore things, explore what your passions are, what do you like to talk about, and talk to people. And it's amazing how someone will say, hey, you'd be really good at such and such why don't you talk to my friend so-and-so? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they will lead you in different directions, and there is a lot of help out there. There is. Do you think that uh, it's harder today than it was maybe 10 or 15 years ago to reinvent yourself? Uh, I think attitude has a lot to do with it. Obviously, the job market is very tough right now. And uh, it... but. 
as high as the unemployment is, we have to look at the fact that if we have almost 10% unemployment, it is coming down. It's going to take a long time. It's not going to be an overnight fix. But if it's 10% unemployment, it means there is 90% of the population that is employed. And what we need to look at is, what are my skills? What do I really want to do? And with those skills, what could I do that someone would be willing to pay me for? Mm -hmm. Because how you spend your time every day of your life you should be doing something that you want to do. And if that's not your job, then your job should at least lead you to where you're, being able, where you're able to enjoy the things that really please you, that you have, are passionate about. Don't you also think that when you really love something, you do it best? I mean, it's Absolutely. easy. You don't have to motivate yourself. That's you true. Would you really love your job? You enjoy going there every day. And usually, the things that we love, we're pretty good at. You know, yeah, the, the issue, funny. though, is the money. I, I come back to that because it's a real issue, Darlene. Okay. You know, not everybody can support their passion. That's true. I wouldn't say go out and quit your job and look for something to do your passion. You need to, uh, and that's why I also say when the real need for money it, it, your job has either ha- needs to fill that need or needs to lead you to be able to afford your passion. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can't do just exactly what we want to do, but uh, there are a number of things where people will pay us to do the things that are really exciting for us to do. Or we can develop our next vocation, you know, as, a, as an avocation while we're working. We can yep. do what we love doing on the side. Yes, and that many times uh, does. When I uh, first started writing, I just, uh, I, I never thought of becoming a novelist. That was probably the furthest thing from my mind. Really? I grew up in the time when it was a really cool idea in education to teach sight reading rather than phonics. Mm-hmm. My creativity tended to be in spelling. My teachers did not appreciate that. They put little red circles over all my spelling uh, mistakes. My papers always looked like they came out with the measles. Mm. Never did I think... I was always a storyteller. Uh, When I was a kid, I woke up... uh, We played radio on Saturday mornings, and it was Let's Pretend, and that was my M.O., so as much as I was a storyteller, I was somewhat inhibited by the written word. Mm-hmm. And so I had to sort of overcome that. And uh, I had, when, after I, in, in my jobs, I had a secretary. I couldn't have done my secretary's job. And the secretaries would all chip in to help me. I hadn't used a typewriter since I was in college, and it was a manual one. But without the age of computers, I don't know that I would be a writer. And when I first started writing, my first writing was doing professional kinds of things, interviewing skills, management skills, negotiating skills. But that probably perfected your writing skills. Uh, But I needed three dictionaries on my computer. 
Mm-hmm. Because I used word perfect and I would stump it all the time. I've gotten much better now. <laughs> Interesting. But, so, but, but I think what you're saying is that if we have a natural talent, which you had, there are ways we can use it. And, and keep using it. Keep letting it grow. And for you, you did that and it evolved really into a profession. And now uh, you're a best-selling author. In your well, 70s. It is probably the most fulfilling job that I've ever had because I write about things that interest me. Uh, I'm not one that you're going to find in the nonfiction section. I use nonfiction for research because everything has to be accurate in my background, but I'm drawn to novels. But the kind of novels I'm drawn to are ones that are in short, fast-paced chapters, because if the chapters are short, the author has to leave you with wanting to know what happens next, which means they're much more fast-paced. But when I come to the end of that novel, I like to feel like I'm a little bit smarter about things I've heard or read about, kind of get the insider's perspective uh, so that I feel like I've learned something without having to work too hard. And that's what I like to give my readers. And that's what I like to talk. I'm a, a speaker for many organizations, and I love it. I, I'm talking about what really uh, excites me. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that that catches on with your audiences, obviously. You've had a best-selling book. Um, do you teach courses for people um, on writing? Uh, I am on the staff of different writers' conference, on the Southern California Writers' Conference. I've done uh, classes. Uh, one of the my most popular classes is all the things I wish I knew before I become, became a published author. Because when Webs of Power came out, I was amazed. You know, what, when you are writing a novel, that's a craft that's a, you know, that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Once you have this published book in your hand, it's a product, and it needs to be sold. And nobody buys a book unless they know what's there. I wasn't on the social networks. I didn't know about writing blogs. I, uh, there was two years between Webs of Power and Twisted Webs. There should be one. Now, mm-hmm. my next book, Webs of Fate, which is the prequel to Webs of Power, is coming out in October, so I'm on schedule now. That's terrific. We have a couple minutes left, so what's your message to our listeners about reinventing yourself, about novels, about your books? What's your, what's your general message to our audience today before we close? I would just say that there's a whole world of opportunity out there. Don't look at the obstacles. Look at the ways to get around those obstacles. And then also... Know where it is you want to go. You know, you don't get in a car and just start out. Uh, You know, get some ideas of what you want to do, where you want to be, uh, and who you want to be there. You know, your support team is so important. Mm -hmm. I am very blessed. I have a wonderful husband who I happen to have met five years, uh, got acquainted with five years ago at our 50th high school reunion. It's amazing. So many wonderful things have happened to you in your 60s and 70s. Absolutely. I'm not, uh, you know, I don't have time to get old. 
Uh, I'm like my friend Buddy Ebsen. The first novel I wrote was actually I helped Buddy Ebsen with his novel, and then um, when he passed away at the age of 95, sure. uh, his widow asked me to finish the other one. And to him, old age was 15 years older than where I am. Isn't that something? <laughs> and that keeps moving. Well, and uh, so you're really a great, you're a great role model for making it happen at any age. And we really appreciate you being on the show, Darlene. Thank and you. I want to tell people that your novels are Webs of Power and your sequel, Twisted Webs, and your new book is coming out in October. And if people want to learn more, they can go to your website, which is darlenequinn.net. Thank you so Thank much. You. Patricia, you are terrific and uh, doing a great job. Thank you very much. Stay on the line. All right, folks, remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Write to me, Patricia, at PatriciaRaskin.com. I'll put you on my e-newsletter list. I have many other radio programs, and I'd love you to hear them, and they're online. So uh, take a listen. And again, uh, thank you for listening and, and being with me. I've been with Voice America now about eight years. So uh, it's a wonderful place to be. Again, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 